Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. You know, Martin Ford, it would be fair, more fair, if I had in some way told you that you are being summoned to the radio for your expertise tonight. And and I'm probably going to throw you some curves, but I have no di- doubt they're in your strike strike zone. So thank you for agreeing to be a, a guest on again so soon after the release of your book and the last time you were on Coast to Coast. Sure. Thanks for inviting me. Okay. So I'm very interested in information robots. We'll put a pin in that for the time being. And, and I'll ask you to give a, a quick synopsis of the most recent book, uh, rule of the robots that just came out in was it September of this year? Yeah, it was. Uh, so, rule of the robots, and and the subtitle of that book is how artificial intelligence will transform everything. And really, it's a book about artificial intelligence, which will, you know, it impacts as physical robots that can do, you know, things that manipulate the environment, but also just as software that has intelligence that can uh, solve problems and learn and so forth. And I. I genuinely believe this is going to be our most important technology going forward. It's going to be a technology that truly shapes the world. I think it's going to touch every aspect of our life, our culture, our economy. Um, in many ways, I think it will, you know, AI will come to be like electricity uh, in the sense that it will just be ubiquitous. It will be everywhere. It will touch everything. Right. And uh, well, we... if you lose your electricity for a day, it, it has a huge impact on your life. And the same would be true of, of the applications of artificial intelligence that we're going to deploy. So I think it's it's truly going to be a critical technology, yep. and it will have many, many upsides, benefits, and also many dangers and risks that, that come with it. Well, I, you know, I think with the, the, the term I would use here in this case, in the comparison to electricity, is turnkey. It's just going to be, there's going to be an expectation. Um, and much like turning on an oven, that it will get hot. Um, that we will have this sort of casual relationship with the function of artificial intelligence. But I, I want to start there because I know that even the definition uh, by some of artificial intelligence is kind of contested territory. What exactly, how, are, how, how do you define artificial intelligence versus, versus just a car engine? Why wouldn't we say a car engine is an example of artificial intelligence. Right. I, I, I define it very simply as being a machine or, or a software system that can solve the kinds of problems that human beings solve, you know, using our brains. Um, and the most important aspect of that, at least right now, is the ability to learn. Um, and, you know, uh, the AI applications that we have, often called machine learning, do have this ability to learn. When you were doing your introduction earlier, you mentioned the Roomba, Roomba yeah. robot, right? Yeah. Now that robot can learn. It, it does learn. It, it learns the dimensions of the rooms in your house that it's, that it's going to vacuum, right? Every house is different. Um, you know, you don't have to buy a different robot depending on how big the rooms in your house are. It, it learns that for itself. It explores and makes a map of the room and, and then based on that can, can vacuum very efficiently. So that's uh, but wait, different. wait, wait, how do we, I don't know that I would agree with that. And so this is one of those reasons why I'm stepping in, because I think when we say learn, it reacts. But is it really learning in that if I turn it off and turn it back on again, it's going to retain knowledge of yeah, yeah, I believe the so. room? I don't have one personally, but, but yes, it my expectation is that, that it would. Um, it, I don't think that um, 
it's the case that every time you turn the Roomba on, it's just going around randomly. Bouncing it is. I think it is. Because you can, the, I mean, and I, this is why I would, def, this is why I think it's important that we, that we really hit on these definitions and we try to understand them moving forward because I don't, I'm not sure that a Roomba is any more of an example of artificial intelligence than, say, a bumper car, which yeah, will hit I, something, bounce off, go in a different direction, bounce off, go in a different direction. It's kind of like a bumper car with a vacuum cleaner attached to it, which, are, which is a synthesis, which is interesting. Um, but it's part of why I, I, I think we get into, I'm afraid of some rabbit holes on this conversation because as you know, many other of your colleagues or people like people like Elon Musk and others um, of your contemporaries would say that we overemphasize when we say artificial intelligence as opposed to just really smart machines. Well, I mean, I think those two terms mean more or less the same thing. And there's no doubt that artificial intelligence has been hyped. And, you know, people like Elon Musk have made big promises that in terms of self-driving cars and, and so forth that um, have not yet been realized. It's going to take longer to get um, to, for example, cars that can really drive themselves and so forth. Um, but going back to the Roomba, I've never, you know, owned one or used one. I mean, have you? Have you actually? Yeah, you no, I, have a, I have two of them. Okay. Well, I, I can't speak that to, to that specifically, but yeah. I can tell you that, that many other robots use similar technologies and they can learn and they yes. can learn to navigate, right? I mean, that's yes. what... Yeah. I, I, that's what I'm separating out, though. And I, this, is, this is why I say this, because you're exactly right when we're talking about truly the idea of self-learning, self-educating, uh, knowledge-retaining robots who can do just like what you said that they can problem solve without us giving it input, right? Um, right exactly. that, they, can, they can learn from the environment, from data. So, I, you know, perhaps the Roomba isn't very advanced, but definitely there are many other, you know, robot, right. real robots, uh, real yes. artificial intelligence is really all about the ability to learn. So, for example, there are robots in hospitals that do deliveries and they learn the route, you know, through the corridors, uh, which door to go through and, and, and so forth. Same thing with hotels. There are there are robots that can deliver things to your room in a hotel. Uh, so these, these are machines that absolutely do learn, right? They learn from the environment and they learn how to navigate uh, within buildings. So that's just one example of it. But, uh, well, you know, there, there are many examples of, of right. algorithms that can learn. I mean, that's right. really is powering all of this. And I think that idea of algorithms that can learn, one of the things that we have as an example of that is these robo-writers that people may not even be aware of what, of how much of, in certain, within certain companies and on certain subjects, uh, robots are writing the news. That they, a robot program, an algorithm, a sophisticated algorithm um, will scan data and then be able to write a rudimentary uh, paragraph two, three, four that would exp express that data in an expository form, right? Using rules that have been prefed on on rhetoric, but 
can then learn along the way and become essentially more sophisticated in the way in which it's communicating. We know this is this is already here. Um, and so I think that that's right in in right to your point. Would you not agree? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, all the big media organizations, uh, you know, Bloomberg and so forth, use these kinds of systems. Um, and what they do is, as you say, they look at data. They can figure out what's interesting, what's the story in that data, and then they can generate, um, you know, a story. And you can you can read one of those stories online, and you won't know that it was written by a, a machine and not no. by a human being. You won't be able to tell. And right. In fact, everyone that's listening has probably encountered those and, and not realized it. Not um, even realized it. Yeah, yeah, and, and, I th- and those are going to get better and better. Uh, right now, they're most commonly used in in, in areas that are fairly formulaic, like um, financial reporting yeah. for you know companies, how much you know earnings for the company, right? Um, uh, sports reporting they're used a lot for that because you can you know with the basic facts of a game you can put together into a narrative. Um, there are, and it's not just journalism; they're used in many kinds of applications where you yep. know, do the basic writing. I know they're used. Um, to generate real estate descriptions, like yeah. uh, you know, if you go by a real estate office, you'll see these, you know, a description of a house with a photo there, and it'll tell you about the house that's for sale. Uh, those can be generated automatically based on just the, the basic facts about the house. So, yep. you know, there are many, many applications for this, and they're going to get better and better. Yeah, I think that's this is uh, the, you you are one hundred percent correct when when we hire a first or second year grad out of college and we have him or her write a story, it may not be fundamentally different in any way than a robo journalist uh, program would do. And they would sa- they would look in the end very, very much like a variation of each other, just a, you know, a basic information, slightly different but the word choice and especially when you're writing when you're communicating straight data you want to limit the amount of expression that goes into something like that yeah but they would definitely become much more sophisticated you know going forward they are already are getting better and as you mentioned you know in many cases they can match or even outperform an entry-level employee so um, i do think going forward this will begin to have an impact on jobs and maybe in particular entry level jobs, right? The, you know, the, right. say people coming right out of school because very often you hire those people to do more routine, repetitive, predictable types of things. And those are the kinds of things that, that AI and, and robots are, are the best at. But, and I think this is a, a an important safeguard because I think it's a curb uh, that we need to, we, we need to differentiate between what's real and what's Hollywood and the robots, as they are um, portrayed in the Iron Man series, that that you know have different personalities and react with audio and seemingly have their feelings hurt and other things like that. That 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 that's going to be that's a ways away. And and I understand that you know that there are um, these Japanese uh, cyborg type. Um, robots that are that become human facsimiles and we will react differently perhaps to that than we would if it were just a an elaborate um bolt cutter you know or or some kind of welding unit from a robot factory floor and so but some of that may really just be my our imagination that really comes right down to it they aren't any different 
just because we put a human face on it and some sort of rubbery skin, it really isn't any more sophisticated or more human-like than the robots that are on the factory floor all over the country right now. Yeah, that's that's true. And as you say, it's it's going to be a long time before we have the kind of robots or artificial intelligence that you see in science fiction movies. I mean, that's right. Really- Okay, and but that's the minimum decades away, maybe 50 right. years, maybe even 100 years away. There you go. Um, so, so the humanoid robots you see now, you know, the robots that look like people are, for the most part, the kind of gimmicks. Right. You know, they're done almost like puppets, right? And yeah. They do some very basic right. things. But, but the problem with robots of this kind so far is that they can't really do much in the way of useful things. Um, so I think it's going to be a long time before we all have robots at home, you know, they're going around doing all kinds of things, because that's really a big, big tech technical challenge, but it's going to be a very different story in workplaces, you know, inside an Amazon warehouse. They've already got a lot of robots and those robots sure. get way better. That's going to have a huge, right. very real impact. Um, but of course, those robots look absolutely nothing like people, right? I mean, they're not, they're just functional machines. So this to me is where the rubber hits the road when you said 50 years into the future, because um, the, the book I just co-edited uh, I didn't. I only wrote about fifteen percent of it, or so, uh, on on the bookends of the preface and the introduction and conclusion, and the rest of it's done by a series of sci-fi writers um, and specialists in fields. And one of those has been kind of haunting me since I read the chapter. And in effect, it is also perhaps not new ground in that some of this was addressed in movies like Blade Runner. But we do have an interesting problem coming up, I think, when it comes to self-learning robots. And I want your reflection on this, is if we go into space, we will very likely any type of colonization, if we effectively, as Elon Musk wants to do and others do, want to start to build a colony on the moon or a factory in zero gravity that would make certain products that can't be made here on earth um if we get to that point robot the the human to robot ratio is going to be way higher than it is here on earth because there will be many fewer humans because that takes a lot of support to keep humans alive in, in space at that point and many more robots to support those fewer humans do you accept that proposition Sure, robots of all kinds. And in fact, if you look at what NASA has done, I, I mean, basically, the, the spacecraft they're launching are, in fact, robots, right? I mean, we, we you know, right. the ratio of those unmanned robotic space flights to, you know, manned, you know, with people aboard, which we, we haven't even had in a long time, um, from NASA is, is, you know, much higher. And I think that's probably the future for the most part. Um, so, you know, in many but- cases, there, there's no reason at all to have people there. But if we're going to have self-learning artificial, true artificial intelligence um, that is sophisticated and has that component that we started with, that in order for it to really be defined as artificial intelligence, it has to be, it has to be able to either learn from other programs without human intervention or self-teaching. Um, and be able to uh, make a, a series and retain information just like any growing human would on all sorts of binary circumstances that we run into. 
Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.